Hey everyone, welcome to Hub City Church. We are ordinary people following an extraordinary God together. If you want more information about Hub City Church, find us online at thehubcitychurch.com connect and fill out our digital connect card. Now let's dive into this week's message. Oftentimes we come to Jesus with our questions, right? Jesus, what about this and what about that? I got questions about my faith and questions about belief and questions about Jesus and the Bible and all these things. And, and, and as we read through Jesus' ministry, he often would teach through questions. He would ask the crowd, what do you think about this? He would ask the disciples, and what about this? And what about that? And as we look at these, it's going to be a chance for us to ponder what does it mean to trust him? What does it mean to follow him? What does it mean to love Jesus with everything that I am and everything that I have? And it's going to give us a chance to really ponder and respond to the questions that Jesus asked as we look at what he asked and how other people responded as well. So he asked, we answer. And that's the whole idea with this series. The first question that we're tackling is Jesus asking, what do you want? What do you want? And as I asked, or as I looked at that question, it made me think of Jesus being a waiter at a restaurant. What do you want, right? How many of you, when you go to a restaurant, that is a tough question, right? It's a pressure cooker. You're sitting there at the table. You're looking at the menus, right? You go to somewhere like Cheesecake Factory, and it's a novel. You're just, okay, there's 37 pages of different things. What do I want? I need 30 minutes to read through this book, right? And you're looking through all of these options, and then you do this thing. How many of you do this? Well, why don't you go first? And keep going around. Go around the whole table, and then come back to me, and then they do that in like 10 seconds. It's like, come on, guys. I'm not ready. Uh, and you feel that pressure. How many of you feel pressure to order and the server's just like, come on, one hand, that's it? The rest of you are just totally confident sitting around the table. You know exactly what you want. I want a cheeseburger. That's it. Give me the food. <clears throat> there is that, that pressure. You freeze up. What do I want? What do I want? And I read this question from Jesus. Well, guys, what do you want? And in John 1, 38, Jesus looked around. He saw these people following him. He looked at them and he said, what do you want? And initially, I would read that, too, and I would think, gosh, Jesus, like, tone it down a little bit. A little abrupt, a little rude. Like, what do you want? Like, we, we infuse tone into it. Anybody? Right? When you initially read, yeah, Chloe did. She initially read it, was like, what do you want? Well, Jesus isn't being rude, right? And it's not a superficial question. Like, hey, what do you guys want? You want, you want to go get some food? You want to go get some water? You want to go on a walk? You want to take a nap? It's not superficial, and it's not being rude and abrupt, but Jesus is asking this really deep question for, for the disciples and for us to ponder for a little bit today. Jesus is asking not just what do you want in the moment, but what do you want in life? What are you looking for in life? This is a question that we wrestle with for, I think, every season of our life. Think about it. When you're a kid, you're wrestling with what do I want? What do I want in life? But you're, you're answering the question of, what do I want to be when I grow up, right? What are my dreams? What are my goals? What are my aspirations? What are my accomplishments going to be? What am I going to do? What do I want to be when I grow up? And then we start to grow up and we hit our teenage years, right? We hit, those are fun. We hit our teenage years. And then what are we wrestling with? What do we want as a teenager? I want to fit in. Where do I belong? What table am I going to sit at? Who's going to like me? Who are going to be my friends? What do I wear so that I fit in? Because I'm looking for acceptance and belonging and, and a place to be known. Oh, man, that's what I want as a teenager. I want to be known. I want to be seen. And then as we get 
into our 20s and our 30s and our 40s, and we start wrestling with some of these questions, and then we're wondering, well, what do I want in my life? What am I looking for in my life as, a, as, an, as an adult? And I start adulting. I start thinking about, does this matter? Do I matter? Does what I'm doing have significance and meaning? I hope so. And we start wrestling with these real-life questions of what am I looking for in life? I'm looking for meaning and significance. I know I fit in with a few people. I don't fit in with a lot of people, right? What do I want to do when I grow up? Well, I'm already grown up, so I better be doing something, right? So at, as an adult, I'm thinking, I, I hope it matters. I hope what I do has significance. And then uh, I haven't hit this season yet, but I've, I've learned from folks that have a more experience in life that you start to hit another season where you, you're thinking, did I find what I was looking for? Is there still time to find what I was looking for? And what, what we're looking for, fulfillment, significance. We don't want to look back at our life with regret or remorse and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas on our list. And so today, as we're thinking about what do we want, I want to share a story of somebody that isn't in this scripture. We will get back to the scripture here in a second. But, but an interesting story that I read about, and it, it's about this guy from the 1800s. I'm going to show you his picture, see if anybody knows who he is, all right? Well, anybody? You know who that guy is? He's dead. That's all, that's all you know, right? Because he's from the 1800s. He's still not alive. He is dead. He's an old dude. But this guy accidentally read his own obituary. Think about that. He accidentally read his own obituary. In 1888, a French newspaper mistakenly mixed up him, this guy, and his brother. His brother passed away. And they wrote a whole obituary about the wrong guy, about this guy that's on the screen. And this guy had made a fortune in life because he had invented dynamite. And so he was referred to as the merchant of death. And that was the headline of the newspaper. Merchant of death is dead. And he reads this obituary, and it begins to be saddening. Could you say explosive? No? Oh. Never mind. Just rip that up. That joke didn't work. But it's this jarring moment for him because he's reading his obituary, and he's, le he's reading about his legacy in life. This is the imprint. He's wrestling with the same question Jesus asked. What do you want in life? And he's reading this obituary, this misprint if you will, because he isn't dead, and it's this turning point for him because he realizes this is what I'm going to be remembered for, and I don't want to be remembered for this. And so what does he do? He begins to, to, to make changes, and he funnels his fortune not into, uh, not into his own benefit and his own legacy and things like that, but rather to highlight and celebrate advances in philanthropy, in humanitarianism, uh, into uh, science and medicine and literature and all these different works. And he develops these, these celebrations that we now come to know as Nobel Prizes. Because this gentleman is named Alfred Nobel, who was the inventor of dynamite, but also the inventor of the Nobel Prize. And you see his memorial stone. It doesn't say anything about merchant of death and inventor of dynamite. It highlights a legacy change. It was a misprinted obituary that was a catalytic moment and challenged him to think about what am I looking for in life? What do I want in life? And the disciples that meet Jesus that day, as they're in this, I picture a crowded city square and they're following John the Baptist at the time. 
And John points out across the crowd, he says, that's the Lamb of God. That's Jesus. That's the one that we've been waiting for. And they go over to him, and they're kind of following him, kind of checking him out. Who is this Jesus guy? And he turns around, and he asks them the same catalytic question that Nobel wrestled with. What do you want? What do you want in life? What are you looking for? And it's the question we're going to wrestle with this morning. What are we looking for? I think we look for a lot of different things, but I think at its core, I think, I think at, the, at the basis of who we are, what are we looking for? We're looking for purpose, meaning, significance. That's why I think Rick Warren's book years ago, The Purpose Driven Life, was a bestseller. Not just to church people, but to people outside of the church as well. This, this book hit the New York Times bestseller list and was a mega hit, right? Purpose Driven Life was written by a pastor. But people want to know, how do I live life on purpose? How do I live with significance? How do I live with mission and, and purpose and fulfillment and, and, and all of these things? And it, I think it's because it's at our core. That's the thing we're looking for, whether it's through our family or through our jobs or through our accomplishments or through our looks and our appearance or our reputations or the memorials that will eventually be set up for us, right? Oh, hopefully. You're going to have a memorial? You're going to set up a memorial? Let's not think about that. That's too dark. But that's what we all ache for. That's what we're looking for. We want purpose. We want significance. We want meaning. And as we look at this passage with some of these disciples and we look at Jesus' question, we're going to see how to find purpose. And that purpose is going to rest on, on three legs of a stool. It's going to be like a three-legged stool here. And it's going to show three components of balanced pursuit of purpose in life. And in these three stool legs, in these three facets of purpose, we're going to find balance, we're going to find wholeness, we're going to find completeness, we're going to find purpose in life so that we can find what we're looking for. There's three elements that I see in this passage that resonate with this idea of, man, I want to live life without regret. I want to live life with intentionality. I want to live life on mission. So the three components that I see, the first one, to live life on mission is to be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. Jesus. In verse 38 and 39, this is Andrew's response to Jesus' question, what do you want? He says, Rabbi, where are you staying? Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. They went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Where are you staying? Where are you going to be? Right? They didn't have TikTok and, and social media and things like that where they could just follow him wherever he was going to be, they had to ask him, Jesus, where are you going to be? And that word staying is the same word that John will use later in his gospel when Jesus says, remain in me and you will be fruitful. Remain, stay, be with me. We got to stay with Jesus. Andrew doesn't want to leave the presence of Jesus. Once he sees who Jesus is and he sees something different about him, what does he want to do? Hey, where are you going to be later? Okay, I'm going to be with you. Okay, we're going to hang out together. I'm going to stay with this guy. I'm not going to let him out of my sight. I'm going to be with him. I want to be with Jesus. And this is more than just, oh, let me read my Bible a couple of times, and I'm going to listen to some worship music while I'm in my car. I mean, all of those ways are how we could be with Jesus. But really, just let's simplify it even more. Just being in the presence of God. Being aware that he is present with you. 
getting away from the distractions of life, turning off the television, turning off the podcast, turning off those things, and just being, enjoying his presence, looking around and seeing the work of God in our life. That we can be with our God. I think the, the aspect of this purpose or the aspect of this leg of our stool is echoed in Jesus' answer to what's the greatest commandment? How many of you are rule followers? Right? Some of us love rules, and we're like, well, what are the rules of life? Jesus has asked that question. What's the greatest commandment we could, we could fulfill? And he says this in Mark 12, 30. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love God with your entire being. What's he saying? Just be with God. Be in his presence. Love him with all that you are. First and foremost priority, be with your God. Be in his presence. Talk to him, listen to him, spend time with him, read about him, learn about him. The Apostle Paul described this, this facet to our life in his letter to the Philippian church in Philippians 3, 8 and verse 10. He says, yes, everything is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to know Christ. Everything else is garbage except knowing Christ. Meaning what? To Paul, the most important thing was just be with Jesus. Be with him. This is, the, this is one way we can love God. We can love God in a variety of different expressions, a variety of different ways. But I think for some of us that are busybodies, it's important just to like be. Slow down and just be in the presence of God. This is how we can show that we love God, is that we want to be with him. We want to spend time with him. We want to know him more. This is one way that we show love to God. Show to love God, great, I can do that through a variety of actions and behaviors and things like that. And sometimes I can just be with my Jesus. We do this in relationships. In 2005, I started to fall for this girl that I, I met. And so what did I do? I just started being around her. Just be there. I call her because my phone only had one app. It was the phone app because it was a phone, I would call her. And then we got T9 texting. Ooh, that was exciting. Some of you are like, what's a T9 text? Just Google it. It's old school. I would drive over an hour to just be around her. Why? Because I started to have feelings for her, and I wanted to show that I had feelings, so what would I do? I would just be there with her. Hang out, we'd eat, we'd talk, we'd be around each other. And guess what? 18 years later, we're still together. Spoiler alert, it's my wife, April. <laughs> Woo! And we show love for each other by that quality time of just being near each other. Sometimes getting away from our kids or turning off the TV or going on a date or just being in the presence of each other. And I picture Jesus just asking us that question, like, what do you want? And Andrew's just like, man, I just want to be with you. I'm looking for you. And Jesus' response to us when we just say, like, Jesus, I just want to be with you is what? Come and see. Come check it out. It's an invitation for him to join us. He's not like, man, you're not good enough, or no, let's do that later. Let's set up an appointment in three weeks. He's like, no, come on. Come and see. Some of us feel unsettled or unsatisfied in life right now, and it's because we've been missing this leg to our stool. What are we looking for? We're looking for something 
But we've been disconnected from our God. We haven't been with Jesus. So we feel out of balance. And simply being in his presence this week might be just the response you need. Might be accepting that invitation from Jesus. And you begin to find that balance and find that mission. We can't expect to live life on purpose disconnected from the one that gives us purpose. And I believe that this is a shared component of our mission. This is not reserved just for certain people. This is for all of us in the room. All of us are called to be with our God. The second leg to the stool to living on mission is to be a bridge to Jesus. We're going to be things this morning, all right? So we're going to be with Jesus, and we're going to be a bridge to Jesus. Andrew experiences something with Jesus, and then what does he do? He goes and invites other people into it. Look at verse 41 and 42. Andrew went to find his brother Simon, and he told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. He brings his brother into the group, into the area. He's a bridge to this guy named Jesus. Simon didn't know who Jesus was until Andrew went to him and said, hey, come check this guy out. This is pretty cool. We're experiencing something good around this guy. I've been with him, and I want you to be with him as well. To embody that love and to bring wholeness and to bring the message of Jesus, to bring Jesus into people's worlds. That's a part of our mission. That's a part of our purpose. That's a part of our significance is to not just hoard Jesus to ourselves, but to share him with other people. There is something within us that wants to share that wants to pass that along because you've experienced something good, much like Andrew did, and you look at other people in your life, your kids, your spouse, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, you see somebody in life and you're like, man, I want you to experience the goodness that I've experienced. This is a good thing. I want you to have it too. That's what Andrew does. Simon, I've experienced something really good. Why don't you come check this out with me? Be a bridge. This is a way that we can love people in our world. Because the second greatest commandment, again, back to our rule followers in the room that love rules, love God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, Jesus answers the second part of that, equally important in Mark 12, 31, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. There's a lot of ways we can love our neighbor, isn't there? Through kindness and generosity, we mow their lawn, we show them grace and forgiveness, we... We love our neighbors through a variety of different ways, but one of the ways that we can love our neighbor, not the only way, but one of the ways we can love our neighbor is being a bridge to Jesus, connecting them to the Savior of the world, the Savior of our lives, the one that's changed us. That's one way that I can love my neighbor, to not keep Jesus to myself, but to share him with other people. We've got something good inside, and I want other people to experience that. It's as if, think about this, if you saw your friend you, you know, you had a, a night out, you went to a Mariners game or went out to dinner or something like that, and they left their lights on and their car battery died, right? And you had jumper cables. Oh, what are you going to do? My car works. I have jumper cables. You're going to be excited. Your, car's, your, your buddy's car is dead. What are you going to do? Oh, man, I, I have jumper cables. It's, kinda, it's not going to be, I don't want to be awkward or uncomfortable, but maybe if you, you know, I'm not a weird jumper cable person. You might want to come hang out with my jumper cables a little bit if you're free on Sunday from 9 to 10. Hey, I don't want to be too pushy. I don't want to get too 
automotive preachy about it, but I've got, I've got cables if you want them. If you don't, no. Your, your buddy's car is dead, what do you do? Hey, I can help. I have a solution. Let's jumpstart your car. Let's go, pop the hood. I got the cables, I got a car that works. Let's go, let's get you going down the street, right? You're not awkward about it, you're not uncomfortable about it, you're not fearful and insecure, like how are they gonna respond and treat me different? Just, I wanna help you. And I think if we started looking at the gospel that way, we started looking at, the gospel has jump-started my heart. The gospel has changed my life. I view the world differently, I view eternity differently, it's changed my life, and I want it to change your life. I don't want you to live my story, but I want you to live your story in Jesus. Can the gospel jumpstart your heart? Yes. Can I pass this on to you? And I think that there's something we experience inside of fulfillment when we step out and we share that. We empower other people to hear that and we tell them about it and we invite them into the same story of come be with Jesus. Andrew is wired when he invites Simon into this. Simon, come and check this out, man. I want you to experience this. This has changed my life. I'm gonna be a bridge to Jesus. And I'll tell you, I feel out of balance or unsatisfied with the mission that I'm living on when I allow that fear and insecurity to stop me from being a bridge because it's the most important part of my life is my faith in Jesus. But I allow that social insecurity and that fear and that fear of awkwardness to infringe on that and I don't invite them to church or I don't invite them into the story. I don't talk about the things that are most important to me. And I hold that back. And then I go home or later that night, I'm just like, oh, missed opportunity, missed opportunity, missed opportunity. Why? Because I think there's something wired within us. We've tasted and seen, we've come and seen something good and we want that for the people around us because we truly do love them. And if Jesus says, go love your neighbor, this is one way we can love them. Would you invite them into a relationship with Jesus? Would you be a bridge to Jesus? I'm not just saying invite them to church. Be a bridge to Jesus. Inviting them to church is a part of it. But it's not the, it's not the only way. But being a bridge to Jesus, to sharing and showing our faith in Jesus. This is a shared part of our mission. I think this is for all of us. This is not just for the extroverts in the room. It's not just for the socially caffeinated people in the room, right? The social influencers of the room, the people that just, woo, I'm bubbly all the time. No, this is for all of us, even us introverts. Those of us that are nervous about how people will respond. I think that there's something wired within us that we've tasted and seen something good. Let's be a bridge to the goodness of Jesus, to the gospel. That's the second uh, leg to our stool. The third leg to our stool is to live on mission by being yourself. Be yourself. I think, I think a lot of times with purpose and mission, it starts to feel like, okay, it's just the same for everybody, right? Copy, paste, copy, paste. It's all the same for everybody. Everybody's supposed to love God and love people. Everybody's supposed to be with Jesus, be a bridge to Jesus. Great, okay. But this is the exciting part. This is where it gets customized. This is where it gets personalized to you. You get to be yourself. And we see this in the passage in verse 42. Jesus has an interaction with Simon that is different than his interaction with Andrew. And to me, this is where it gets personal. This is where it gets customized. This is where he speaks to the individual. And the way that purpose is lived out is individualized in a good way. Look at this. Looking intently at Simon... 
Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Did he turn to Andrew and say, and Andrew, you are going to get a name change too. Nope. Andrew, you're going to write parts of the New Testament. Nope. Andrew, you're going to pioneer the early church. It's not written in the scriptures. He was a disciple. He was a pioneer for the church. But we don't, we don't see his story. We don't see it as personalized and, and told in specific detail as it is with Peter. And some of us are relating to Andrew like, man, it's awesome for them. <laughs> Way to go, Peter. I brought Peter into this, Jesus. <laughs> Why do I get to? I want, I want that. I want. No. Andrew had a personal part in this story, which is to bring Peter into the picture. And he goes on and does great things for the kingdom of God. But that's his story, and Peter's got his story. And there's great personalization that takes moments takes place in this moment. I think that's part of the mission that we all share is that it is about loving God and loving people. It is about being with Jesus and being a bridge to Jesus. But the exciting part is we get to love who God has made us to be. We get to be ourselves. In Mark 1, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, hey, guess what? You used to be fishers of fish. Now you're going to be fishers of men. Well, that doesn't apply to everybody. Because that illustration wouldn't have applied or, or resonated with everybody. Not everybody was a fisher of men in the same way. Yet Matthew was a tax collector. He's like, so does that make me a tax collector of men? I don't, what does that mean, Jesus? doesn't make sense. No, I think what it shows is there's a unique calling. There's unique purposes. There's uniqueness to who God has made each person to be. And the expression of that mission gets uniquely formed and shaped and expressed through each of us. In Ephesians 4, we see Paul describe the, the functions and roles within the early church, and he says what? We've got some that are prophets, some that are apostles, some that are teachers, some that are pastors, some that are evangelists. He's got all these different roles. And that difference means what? Not everybody is a pastor, not everybody is a prophet not everybody's an apostle or an evangelist or all these things but there's a personalization that takes place there's a customization that takes place some are going to be outgoing evangelists that are going to go out there and going to ah. some of them are going to be teachers some of them are going to be shepherds that are more caring Romans 12 talks about a variety of different gifts where Jesus has sent his holy spirit to empower people with different talents and abilities some are Helpers, some are givers, some are leaders, some are craftsmen, some are this, some are that. Not everybody is carbon copied the same. And I think about that, and I think about the disciples being different. I think about the early church being different. And then I think about our purpose as people. It's a similar direction we're going, but the way we get to do it is unique. Being yourself. And I would challenge you this morning to just take a moment and think and examine your own life. How has God pieced you together? You're different than me. Examining your own life. Examining the way God has made you. And there's four areas that I just want to highlight within this, just to think about it for a moment, all right? So 
And, and this is me being myself. This is me alliterating, because I love to alliterate things, and this is the way I remember things, right? It doesn't make it more spiritual. It just means I'm being myself as a communicator. This is how I would see the different things we could think about examining your own life. First would be passions. What passions do you have? What are you passionate about? What do you care about? What people groups do you care about? When you get out of bed, you're just like, man, I, I, just, I care about bringing the gospel to young people. I care about bringing the gospel to older people. I care about bringing the gospel to single moms or single parents. You're passionate about bringing the gospel to homeless people or bringing the gospel to certain demographics of folks. You're going to have a passion that, let's be honest, I just don't care about. I mean, I care about people, but I don't care in the same way. I don't have the same passion and enthusiasm and zeal and excitement that you do. Is that okay? Thank you. One person gave me permission. Because God has uniquely wired you to care about that and to be with Jesus and be a bridge to Jesus with that passion that you have. Because I've got passions to do things in the ways that I do it. I've got a, a passion. And, and the other things are proficiencies. How many of you, you've got talents, you've got skills, you've got abilities? You all do, so don't doubt yourself. Don't question yourself. You've got talents, you've got abilities, you've got capabilities that I don't have, right? We see this, I mean, we're, it's, it, it's not, we're not sitting here comparing, but what we should be doing is celebrating. You can do things differently than I can, and that's a beautiful good thing. You are proficient in certain things that I am not. And yet God can use those proficiencies, those skills, those abilities to bring the gospel to people in ways that I could never do it. I can't sing. I mean, I could sing, but you don't want to listen to me sing, right? I'm not proficient in singing. So if I bring Jesus, that's not building a bridge, man. That's just blowing up a bridge if I sing out loud. But God's going to use somebody else to do that. But maybe you've got creativity or artistry or you've got organization skills or you've got communication skills or you're extroverted, introverted, all of these different things. But it's looking at your life and saying, these aren't curses or bad things. This is who God has wired me to be. And I can uniquely bring the gospel and be a bridge to Jesus through my proficiencies, through my passions, through my placements. Where has God put you? Think about that. Where has God put you? In a workplace, in a school in a community, in a home, in a place, in a sphere of influence where you have authority and a voice that I will never have a voice. Is that a good thing? Yes. God has uniquely placed you somewhere, given you influence somewhere. He stirred passions and proficiencies and placements and also given you purposes, ways that you're going to live this out that I can't. We see this with the Apostle Paul. Paul is given the purpose of bringing the gospel to the Gentiles, to the non-Jewish people of his area. He has a different purpose than Peter. Does that make him better than Peter? Less than Peter? No. It's just different purposes. They've got different placements. They've got different passions, different proficiencies, different things. But if we examine their lives, we examine our own lives, what do we see? People being themselves. This is who God's made you to be. Love that. Love who God has made you to be. If you're feeling unsatisfied in, in something, it may be that you're putting on somebody else's shoes and trying to run. I, I loved growing up going to Mariner games, and they would do this activity where they'd 
make kids run around the bases, but they'd wear like size 17 cleats, right? And you'd watch this nine-year-old just like stomping around in these giant cleats and these giant uniforms that fit like large, large, large grown men, right? And you got this like toothpick of a nine-year-old running and they're just going. And they're tripping over themselves and they're trying to run and they're gonna win, you know, some autographed baseball of some sort. But I wonder how many of us are trying to run through life, trying to fulfill that mission and that purpose of I need to be with Jesus, but I'm trying to do it in the way that everyone else does it. I need to be a bridge to Jesus, but I'm trying to do it in the way that Sean would do it or April would do it or Todd would do it or Mark would do it or Chloe would do it or Cabin would do it. I'm trying to do it in the way that everybody else is doing it and stop it. Be yourself. Flourish in who God has made you to be and where God has placed you to be in the gifts and talents that God has given you and love who God has made you to be. God has uniquely designed you for the mission and purpose that he has. And when we have all three of those legs to our stool, being with Jesus, being a bridge to Jesus, and being ourselves, I think we find balance. And we find the answer to the question that we're looking for when Jesus says, what do you want? What do you want in life? What are you looking for in life? What do you want out of this life? We're looking for meaning. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for significance. And I think the way that we're going to find it is those three legs to the stool, being with Jesus, being a bridge to Jesus, and simply being myself, being yourself. Find balance, and you'll find what you're looking for. Let's pray. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you want to take your next step in following Jesus, fill out the digital connect card at thehubcitychurch.com connect. We'd love to celebrate what Jesus is doing in your life.